I'm Jacob Gottwalls, and this is Spiritual Awakening for Geeks, a show for independent spiritual explorers who seek peace of mind, better relationships, and a more meaningful life. This show is for people who are interested in meditation, psychology, and spiritual practice. It's a show for people who value spiritual independence. You can be spiritually independent even if you're a member of a religion or another spiritual group. Being spiritually independent means you have faith in your ability to use your heart and mind to find your own way. I'm calling this episode, How Spiritual Groups Support Awakening. I'm going to start by talking about what I've been up to after, uh, for the last few months and a change in how I'm doing these podcast episodes. I'm going to talk a bit about why Spiritual Awakening for Geeks exists And I'm going to talk about an article I published recently on spiritual groups. It's springtime in New Mexico. It's actually my least favorite time of the year here. (laughs) It's, uh, here's what happens in the spring in, uh, in Northern New Mexico. It gets really hot. It's probably the hottest time of the year. Uh, it gets really windy and today's going to be one of those days. It's, uh, I think we're supposed to have gusts to 45 or 60 miles an hour this afternoon. And there's something that happens when it gets windy here in the spring, which is uh, uh, we've got all these juniper trees here. And um, uh, when you think of juniper, you might think of those nice little bushes that people have in front of their houses that they trim into interesting shapes. But here we have juniper trees. They're these kind of shrubby trees that uh, I, I'm pretty sure they're native to this area and they just kind of, there's millions of them all over the desert. And, um, and in the springtime, especially around March, when it gets windy, uh, they just release all their pollen into the air. And, um, uh, and when I first moved here, it wasn't a problem at all. That was, uh, over a decade ago, but a decade is about how long it takes for, for you to start getting allergic to them. And so that's what's been happening for me. So right around March, actually sometimes it starts in February, uh, I'll just start feeling kind of ill, especially uh, um, at night. And uh, I'll get kind of itchy eyes and scratchy throat. And uh, and this lasts for, you know, a few months. Uh, and there's medication I can take that helps with it. Um, but uh, it's generally a kind of unpleasant time of the year. Um, so... I'm, uh, I'm actually, it hasn't been so bad so far this year. My, uh, my system seems to be do- dealing with the pollen pretty well. Uh, so, um, let's see what else is going on. Um, well, uh, let me talk a little bit about why it's taken so long for me to get to this episode. Uh, I had been doing at least a couple episodes a month last year. But something changed for me this year when, when, when we got to January, it's, you know, it's a time of year when people start thinking about what they want to do differently. And, uh, I started thinking about that with this podcast, uh, because what I've been doing so far, uh, it's probably been pretty obvious is I just basically the episodes have been, um, uh, um, have been me reading articles that I've written, um, and I think I've gotten pretty good at reading articles that I've written. Uh, 
to make podcast episodes. You know, it works okay. Um, clarity is really important to me. And, um, and uh, you know, as I was experimenting with uh, how I wanted to create these episodes last year before I, before I actually launched the podcast, I experimented with different ways of doing it. And um, what I found is that reading my articles was the way that I could get the podcast episodes to be as clear as possible. Um, and, um, and that was important to me, but, uh, I think I've kind of, what I found is that I was reaching the limits of, um, of, uh, reaching the limits of that format of just reading articles. Um, there was something that was missing for me, even though the, the episodes were really clear, uh, there was some kind of, um, spiritual juice or energy or creativity, or I don't exactly something about connection that was just, wasn't really coming through, uh, the way I wanted it to in those episodes. Um, so I decided to start experimenting with something different and, um, that this is the first episode I'm publishing, uh, with this different way of doing it where, um, instead of working from a script, instead of working from my, uh, read, just reading my articles in these episodes, uh, I'm just going to work from an outline, you know, basically a, a set of notes. Um, and, um, we'll see how that, we'll see how that goes. Um, it's kind of an experiment. It's probably going to be a little rough for a while as I learn how to do this. Um, so you'll just have to bear with me and, uh, um, think of it as kind of like a, a creative experiment that um, that I'm doing here and that you get to witness <laughs> for better or for worse. Uh, um, the other thing that I found is that um, uh, at least the way I was doing these episodes before, uh, trying to write an article and then read the article in the podcast episode, um, uh, I just couldn't keep up with that. Uh, I was trying to do that. Um, my goal was to get to uh, one episode per week, which, mean, which meant I had to write one article per week. Um, and that's a lot of writing to do, especially um, since I'm working full time, you know, doing something totally different uh, in my psychotherapy work. Uh, it doesn't leave a whole lot of time for, um, uh, for spiritual awakening for geeks. And I just found I couldn't keep up the pace with that. I was kind of trading off um, this podcast for my own self-care and for um, uh, taking care of things around the house. My home to-do list was just getting unmanageably long, and uh, I was falling behind in a lot of things. So I took the January and February of this year to start getting caught up on some personal, um, just personal stuff in my own home life. Uh and that felt good. Um, um, so I'm trying to find a way to do this that's going to be a little bit more sustainable for me. Um, another thing I was doing is uh, um, I, I have been writing another article, which I haven't published yet, uh, on um, beliefs and how spiritual groups kind of install beliefs in people who are participating in those groups. Uh, this is something that's, you know, has had a significant impact on my life. Um, uh, as you can, as you know, if you've heard the second ep uh, episode uh, in this series, which was, um, what should I call it? Uh, how I Became a Zealot. 
Uh, you can find that at um, spiritualawakeningforgeeks.com slash how I became a zealot. Um, so anyway, I'm in this new article I'm writing, I'm trying to uh, dig a little deeper into the mechanisms, um, uh, how it actually works, how, how groups kind of um, convert their participants into true believers. And this is, it's been a complicated article to think about and to write and to get clear about. So it's just been taking some time and uh, I'm getting close to being done with it. Uh, that'll probably be the next, um, next episode after this one. Um, let's see. Uh, I wanted to mention a, a couple people who, um, have inspired me, uh, to try this new format. My old format was, um, uh, wasn't exactly like a Ted talk format, but a little like a Ted, Ted talk format where the, the episodes were, um, uh, at least aiming toward being a little bit more polished, a little bit more clear, a little bit less conversational. Um, but there's a couple, uh, podcasts I've been listening to, um, that have really inspired me to want to do something different, something more conversational. Uh, I recently discovered Eric Davis's podcast, Expanding Mind, and have really been enjoying that. Uh, really appreciate his open-mindedness and, um, uh, and just how smart he seems to be, (laughs) how much he, uh, uh, I think he, he calls himself a historian and, um, I've never really been too drawn to history. Uh, but listening to, to his, his podcast, I'm getting more interested in, uh, thinking of things historically in a historical perspective. Um, so that's been inspiring for me and, and i he can just riff for, you know, he recently riffed for an hour just on meditation and it was clearly, uh, unscripted. And, and it, it was really engaging, interesting, and uh, enjoyable, uh, fun. And I'd like to be able to do that, too. Uh, so uh, that was inspiring. I also really love uh, the way uh, Chase Reeves on The Fizzle Show uh, does his thing. Uh, just how entertaining he is, how he can just riff on things. Uh, so he's been an, an inspiration to me, too. So, uh, I think I'm going to move toward, um, uh, so far my, uh, articles I've been publishing and my podcast episodes have been kind of going in lockstep. I've been publishing an article and a podcast episode in which I read that article. Uh, um, and it's just a one-to-one kind of thing, but that's going to be changing. So, um, it hasn't changed yet, not exactly, but uh, I want to leave space for it to change. So on the Spiritual Awakening for Geeks website, I recently split out um, uh, my blog and my podcast uh, so that I can have podcast episodes that don't actually have anything to do with anything, any articles I've written, and so that I can write articles that don't necessarily have a podcast episode attached to them. Uh, so that's a change I made recently. Um doing these unscripted episodes is going to require me to, um, be a little less perfectionistic. Uh, perfectionism is something that I struggle with and that I think limits, um, the rate at which I can, uh, just get my work out. And, uh, so 
that's something that's a challenge for me to let go of that perfectionism. And it's something I'm going to be working on. Um, I've kind of been dreading, <laughs> uh, dreading recording this episode because, uh, it's a little scary to, um, to not know exactly what I'm going to say, to not, uh, have it all scripted out in advance. Um, but, um, I'm going to try it and see how it goes. I'm actually enjoying, um, recording this so far. So we'll see if, uh, we'll see how it goes for the, the rest of the episode. Uh, the other thing I'm going to do is let go of the idea of publishing things on a particular schedule. There's kind of this idea in the podcasting community that, well, to really engage with people, you have to publish an episode a week. And um, that's what I've been aiming for, but uh, um, it hasn't really been working for me so well. Uh, maybe I'll get there sometime, uh, but... Um, I, uh, I I recently heard someone kind of challenging that assumption of, well, you have to publish a podcast a week. Um, what this guy said is, well, what he does is he just p- publishes things when they're ready, and he doesn't worry about um, any particular schedule. And that was kind of inspiring, a different way of thinking about it, and a more relaxed way of thinking about it. Um, and uh, so I think that's what I'm going to be doing this year. And... Um, with a goal of publishing more often, you know, it's been, uh, I think, over a couple months since I published my last episode, and I want to publish more often than that, but um, uh, but I'm just going to publish things when they're ready. Um, I think I'm going to enjoy that more, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you will too. I wanted to say a bit about why I'm doing Spiritual Awakening for Geeks at all, why I'm doing this project. Um, I was talking to someone recently who had run into my website and it wasn't really clear to him what I was doing or why I'm doing this. And so that got me thinking, well, maybe I should say a little bit about that. I should probably also clarify it on the website somehow. Um, so, uh, I think one of the um, one of the big reasons I do what I do here is uh, um, to stretch myself. Um, I've always been involved in some kind of creativity, some kind of creative projects um, throughout my life, and that's taken different forms. Um, uh, in the past, I've um, I've written and recorded music. Um, I've done photography work. Uh, and, um, I've done writing, um, and, uh, spirit. So in a very personal, uh, kind of personal growth sense, um, spiritual awakening for geeks is a place where I can stretch myself creatively, uh, where I can learn to do, uh, public speaking, learn to speak without a, without a script, um, and, uh, I, I, that's for some reason, that's really important to me. Uh, creativity is really important, um, and uh, um, stretching myself is really important. It makes my life a lot more interesting and meaningful to be doing that. Uh, in a uh, in a broader sense, in terms of my relationships with other people, what I'm sharing in Spiritual Awakening for Geeks are the things that have been most important to me in my life. Uh, 
the things that have been mo- been most meaningful to me and that I think uh, might be helpful in some way to other people. And uh, so that adds um, uh, another layer of meaning um, to this work. Uh, when I started um, writing about spirituality um, many years ago, uh, um, I was thinking in terms of it, it might be become some kind of a livelihood for me eventually, uh, doing some kind of spiritual teaching or something like that. And that has never happened. Um, spiritual awakening for geeks is definitely falls in the hobby category for me right now. Um, and it always has, uh, um, I've never made any money <laughs> off of this project. Um, you know, I've had some, I've had a little bit of income, but it's always been offset by my expenses. So, uh, I've been losing money on this thing for years now and it probably will continue that way. And that's okay. Um, I'm okay with that. Um, um, if I, you know, if I never make any money off of this project, that's fine with me because, uh, it meets so many needs for me, uh, in other ways. Um, and I have, um, I'm now in my work as a psychotherapist, I have another way of, uh, of earning income and, um, and that's working fine for me, really enjoying that. So not so much about money, but more about, um, other needs. Of course, I wouldn't mind making money (laughs) with this project. And, you know, that's kind of a scary thing to say too, because, uh, um, you know, there's, um, uh, spiritual spirituality, spiritual teaching, and money um, don't always mix so well. Uh, but uh, money is all is uh, can be helpful. Money can be a helpful thing. You know, I think of money in, in terms of um, uh, energy or power. It's 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 something that enables me to um, have more freedom and and do more of the the work that I want to do. So you know, if I did eventually. Uh, have some kind of income related to spiritual awakening for geeks or spiritual teaching or anything like that, that would be fine with me too. So we'll just have to see where it all goes. I'd like to talk a bit about an article I wrote a couple weeks ago called How Spiritual Groups Support Awakening. I've been involved in a number of spiritual groups over the course of my life, When I was in grad school in Bloomington, Indiana, I was involved in the Unitarian Universalist Church there. Uh, I didn't really go there looking for um, awakening or really any kind of spiritual connection. I was looking for just basic human connection. I was pretty lonely in graduate school, Uh, just broke up with a girlfriend and um, was looking for people to hang out with, and I found it there um, at that church. It was um, actually a really positive experience for me uh, to um, find some peers to hang out with that um, that shared some similar um, values. And that's actually one of the um, uh, one of the best things about being involved in a spiritual group uh, is hanging out with people that share similar values. Um, there's a sense of belonging you can get from that, uh, that you can't really get anywhere else, uh, or that's hard to, hard to find elsewhere. Uh, so, um, later in my life, uh, in my twenties and thirties, um, 
uh, I got involved in um, uh, something called nonviolent communication, which is a uh, a self-help practice, um, supports development of empathy um, and uh, communication skills, conflict resolution skills. Um, And uh, that was, uh, that had a big impact on me. And um, uh, probably was a first step toward um, the work I'm doing now as a psychotherapist. Um, about uh, 15 years ago, when I was in my 30s, uh, I had started meditating, and um, I was reading a lot of Ken Wilber, and he talked about advanced states and stages of uh, consciousness And I was really curious about those. I wanted to experience those for myself. And Wilbur said that uh, in order to do that, um, uh, the best way to do that was to um, uh, to find a um, a religion or a spiritual uh, community um, to uh, um, to learn those uh, meditation skills or whatever practices you needed to do to. to uh, attain those advanced states and stages of development. So I went out and started looking for, um, uh, started looking for some kind of spiritual group, uh, to get involved with so that I could, uh, so that I could learn those practices. I was actually much more interested in the practices themselves than, than the, uh, community aspect of it. Um, but I was willing to put up with, (laughs) with having to be involved in a community if if I could learn the practices there. And as it turns out, um, uh, there was something important or special about uh, about being involved in the community itself. Uh, um, I ended up learning the practices much better uh, because I was involved in the community, because I was actually interacting with real human beings um, who had done these practices and could helped me understand them better. Um, I found mentors, uh, spiritual friends um, that were really helpful to me. Um, so both uh, in, uh, in, in my experience with the nonviolent communication community and my experience with the uh, Tibetan Buddhist uh, community, um, I found that uh, that the community itself was was really helpful and important and that I really couldn't I don't know if I, I'd say I couldn't have learned the practices but it sure helped a lot um, to be uh, to be involved in some kind of community um, that helped me learn those practices so I'm using the word uh, the term spiritual groups and I want to define that a little bit more clearly uh, there's a lot of different groups that are available that can support um, your spiritual development, um, and they go by a lot of different names. Uh, some call themselves religions, some call themselves spiritual movements, some call themselves self-help groups. But uh, what do they all have in common? Um, in my view, uh, a, a group is a spiritual group if it supports spiritual awakening. And I define spiritual awakening as evolution toward greater empowerment and greater compassion. So if that's what a group does, um, then in my view, it's a spiritual group, whether it it calls itself spiritual or a religion or self-help or whatever, it's still a spiritual group. Um, 
as I see it. In previous uh, episodes and articles, um, I've been talking about technology and teachers. So what's the, um, what's the relationship between technology, teachers, and groups? Well, they can all support your awakening. They can all support uh, spiritual practice. Um, but they're all a bit different. Uh, technology supports you through practical knowledge. Teachers support you through relationship, and groups support you through culture. So there are really three distinct ways of being involved in a spiritual path. Um, uh, In uh, technology, when you're just working with technology, that could be a a book about um, how to meditate or whatever. Um, There's really actually no relationship with anyone else required. You can just... Uh, relate to the technology itself. With a teacher, you're relating with one person, the teacher. And with a group, you're relating with many people, uh, the people in the group. Um, So they're just three different ways of um, being involved in a spiritual path. And of course, um, those modes of involvement are usually mixed, like um, uh, you might be involved with a teacher, who has a group of followers that you're also involved in. The teacher might have written books or online courses or whatever that's uh, a form of technology that, um, that you might also be involved with. So why would you want to be involved in a spiritual group? Why not just um, be involved with a teacher or be involved or, or, or you just use t- uh, technology? Well, uh, Lots of people actually prefer practicing with others. And if you're one of those people, um, it might be hard to practice on your own. It might be hard to meditate or whatever the practice is that you're doing, um, unless you're with other people. Personally, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I actually prefer to practice on my own, and that's that's mostly how I've practiced. Uh, but um, there's something kind of... Um, interesting that can happen, even for me, even for introverts like me, uh, when you practice with other people, is that um, being around other people can actually amplify the practices that you're doing. So um, I found that when I'm meditating with other people, often my meditations go deeper. Um, So that's a good thing about practicing with others in a group. Um, there are some forms of practice that you just can't really do unless you're with other people. Uh, so some forms of spiritual practice actually require a group or require other people to practice with. So that's certainly true for, um, communication practices like nonviolent communication. Uh, you can't really, well, you can learn some parts of it on your own, but, um, but many parts of it actually require other people to practice with. And that's true of, uh, of other spiritual practices, too. In a group, um, you're likely to run into people who are further along in their practices than you are. Um, and that's a good thing, um, because those people can become mentors or spiritual friends, and your relationship with those people 
uh, can be really helpful. Um, they can help clarify practices. Um, they can help inspire you. So that's a positive thing. We all have important social needs. We have needs for social interaction and companionship, belonging, and groups, spiritual groups can meet those needs. Um, so it's kind of like um, killing two birds with one stone. You can, uh, you can uh, be in a group that supports your spiritual development and that also meets just some basic human needs. Uh, and that's important. So how do you, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about how groups support uh, your learning. And um, there's two different kinds of learning I want to talk about. There's explicit learning, and that's just uh, intentional learning. That's uh, um, if you decide, oh, well, I want to learn how to do such and such. And then you sit down and you study it and you practice it and you learn how to do it. That would be explicit learning. But that's not the only form of learning. <clears throat> um, we also learn a lot implicitly. Uh, implicit learning is learning without even trying. It's uh, learning through assimilation, just learning by being around other people who are doing the thing that, uh, um, that you want to learn, um, or who are just doing something uh, as part of a culture. Um, we learn implicitly by, by being part of a culture. Um, so you can learn from your teacher implicitly through relationship. Um, and I talked some about that in a previous episode. But you can do the same thing. For, uh, you can also learn implicitly from a group. Um, so instead of learning through a uh, learning implicitly through a relationship with one person, you can learn through cultural immersion. Now, cultural immersion can have a powerful influ influence on you. The kind of implicit learning that happens when you're immersed in a culture can be pretty powerful. So you want to be uh, careful before you immerse yourself in any culture because it can have a big impact on you. Now, when we're growing up, uh, we learn... Um, implicitly from the culture around us. Um, we learn values and practices and customs, and it's not that we're trying to learn those things. Uh, we just learn them implicitly. We just assimilate them from the culture around us. So the culture um, that we grow up in can support our, um, our development up to a certain point. And that point is the average level of development of the people in that culture. Once we reach that point, once we reach that average level of development, uh, then if we want to develop further, uh, we have to, um, uh, it can help to put yourself into another culture, uh, put yourself into, for instance, the culture of a spiritual group um, that might be a little bit more um, highly developed than the culture of the, um, the culture at large that you grew up in. So that can be uh, um, being in a, put, putting yourself in a spiritual group can help you develop 
beyond the culture, beyond the level of the culture that you grew up in. And that's another positive thing about being involved in a spiritual group. So if you want to get involved in a spiritual group, how can you find one? Well, uh, there's certainly lots to choose from. And uh, it can be a long process to find the right group for you. Um, it's, uh, at least in my experience, a, a lot of um, trial and error is involved. You just have to kind of check out a lot of groups um, to find the right kind of group for you. You can start by exploring uh, groups' websites and books, printed materials, um, but at some point you need to actually get involved and inter start interacting with other people to, um, to really get a sense of a group. Um, a lot of groups have um, a pretty different feeling when you actually get involved with them uh, than when you're just looking at their websites or other materials. Most groups have uh, some kind of organization that supports them. Uh, many groups have a network of local organizations. So ideally, there will be some kind of local organization in your community for the group you want to get involved with. And ideally, there will be some people there that you like. Um, ideally, there will be some people who are a little further advanced than you in, in the... Um, in the spiritual path uh, that that group promotes. Um, so you could find a spiritual friend or a mentor or a teacher. And um, it's, not, um, uh, it's not required, but it's certainly helpful if you like the people who are leading your local group, your local organization. Uh, if, a, if a group doesn't have a local organiza organization nearby that you can get involved with, then um, they might have some kind of online community that could work for you. There are a lot of spiritual organizations that have roots um, in other parts of the world that uh, might have roots in other countries or other uh, places far away. Um, and that can be a good thing, um, can give you a taste of other cultures, uh, but it can also be kind of problematic sometimes. Uh, sometimes there's, there are differences in language and differences in culture that can make it hard to make sense of teachings, um, that have been translated from other languages and cultures. Often a lot gets lost in translation. At the same time, it can be uh, kind of fun to, um, uh, to be involved with a group um, that came from a different culture. There's, uh, uh, there's something kind of um, exotic or appealing, um, at least for many people, um, about learning, uh, being involved with a culture that's uh, different than the one you grew up in. And I know that was true for me. Um, as I was uh, involved with Tibetan Buddhism. Most groups are pretty well-intentioned. There's usually, especially in spiritual groups, uh, most people are involved with a group because um, they care about awakening, they, they care about people, and they care about you, and they, 
they want to to um, have a positive experience and uh, um, but um, no group is perfect and uh, some groups are abusive or exploitative and um, so you want to do a little bit of research about criticism and controversy related to groups um, before you get involved with them um, I usually like to look up a group on Wikipedia and just see what people have to say about criticism or controversy related to to that group. There's a more subtle problem that can also um, arise in not just spiritual groups, but um, lots of different kinds of groups, and I call that belief installation. Uh, so uh, in a belief installing group, uh, that group is going to gradually erode your open-mindedness and convert you into a true believer. And that can happen without you even being aware of it. Uh, you might not even notice that it's happening. That's happened to me in the past in relation to nonviolent communication. And um, you can read about my experience there um, at uh, spiritualawakeningforgeeks.com slash how I became a zealot. Um, I'm going to have a lot more to say about belief installation in future episodes. So over the last few episodes, we've been talking about technology, teachers, and groups. Um, so, you know, everybody's different, and um, different people uh, like a different mix of, um, of these three modes of uh, involvement in a spiritual path. Some people like technology more, some people uh, like one-on-one -on -one involvement with a spiritual teacher, some people really like getting involved in groups, and most of us like some kind of some kind of a mix of those three things. So I'm curious about what your experience has been with spiritual groups and um, what you like better, technology, teachers, or groups. And if you'd like to um, if you'd like to say a bit about that, you could do that in the comments section uh, of the show notes of this episode. So I hope you liked this um, this experiment in um, unscripted uh, spiritual awakening for geeks podcasting. Uh, it was um, it's been a bit challenging for me. Uh, I had to. Um, this is the second my second take, uh, second uh, second time trying to record this. The first one uh, was pretty rough. So I think this one went this this take went a little bit better. Uh, and I'm sure as I get more, um, more comfortable, uh, just working from notes and working in, in an unscripted way, um, I'll be able to start having more fun with this. Uh, and, um, and hopefully the episodes will get better over time. You'll have to be the judge of that. Uh, so for now, um, that's it for this episode of Spiritual Awakening for Geeks. Thanks for joining me. You can find an article related to this episode at spiritualawakeningforgeeks.com slash spiritualgroups, where you can also post your comments. Like I always say, there's a lot more happening at Spiritual Awakening for Geeks than just this show, so please subscribe to my newsletter to stay up to date. You can do that at spiritualawakeningforgeeks.com slash newsletter. If you're enjoying this show, please rate it and review it on your favorite podcast directory. 
that helps the show rank higher so others can find it more easily. Until next time, this is Jacob Gauntwalls, wishing you success in finding the right spiritual groups for you.